is a practice that creates rich, pure tones designed to aid practitioners in focus and relaxation. The meditation will be guided by Dana Shamus, founder of Bayou Bliss Yoga. The Rothko Chapel is located at 3900 Yupon Street, KPFT Houston. You are listening to 90.1 FM, KPFT Houston. Now it's time for Technology Bites. Listeners should be aware that the following program contains language and audio images which may be found disturbing and may not be suitable for your snotty-nosed little brat who probably cusses like a sailor behind your back anyway. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings and welcome to tonight's edition of Technology Bites. All right, welcome to the show. Get out of here, Flicked. Time to go. <laughs> He's going to let those people out of the driveway. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Technology Bites. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. I'm Flicked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Barrett. <laughs> I'm Lee. And he's... House. Wow, a full house. A winner, winner. Chicken. Shh. Chicken dinner. Chicken dinner. Wow. All right. That music could go down a little bit more. Oh, shall we? Yeah. Proof house on the ones and twos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> DJ don't care. All right. Well, hey, Pete, glad you're here. That's a perfect show, almost, except for Flicked having to jump up at the last minute. To... Well, he did quadruple park behind, like, four cars. And I did decide to go out at the beginning <laughs> of the show and get myself a refreshing beverage. So There was a space available. He decided not to take it. And He's ornery on. that way. He is ornery that way. Yes. It's a chess game. All right. Well, we've got, yeah. some, we've got some more new stuff going on tonight. Jay looks at me. <laughs> well, first of all, I'll give out the basic stuff, which is our website at geekradio.com. 
And, uh, well, I was going to say the IRC, but that's where the new uh, stuff comes from. It is. It is the new stuff. So we have a new <clears throat> hangout place we do. online. We should probably log into it. We should probably log into IRC and tell everyone to go over there. But Yeah. So if you want to hang out, uh, we have, what is it called? Lee is the... called the dark web. Oh, <laughs> install Tor. Get your... Bitcoin. Get out. the sandbox tour for Linux. Uh, no, we set up a uh, we set up a tool called Mattermost. Mattermost has kind of a uh, kind of a lame name, um, but it's a uh, it's like a Slack alternative. It's an online chat thing. Uh, same idea as IRC, but uh, but not IRC. Not IRC. It's Blasphemer. Graphical. It's got emojis and things it's for those new. of you who like emojis. But <laughs> who doesn't like emojis? Or Jay does. I love the emojis. Jay's an emoji guy. Um, I'm all about the emojis. <clears throat> if you want to come, ask the emojis. If you right? want to come visit us on this new thing that we're going to trial out to see if it's worthy to replace IRC. Not uh, point, hmm? Not worthy. Not no, worthy. It could be worthy. Point your web browsers to chat.geekradio.com. Chat.geekradio.com. It will you ask you. Should have called it C H A T D O T. Yes, dot, D D O T dot two dots two, or two D -O -T. <laughs> and then a slash. This already don't like this platform. It's uh, too complicated. You you will be prompted to register an account, and it will ask you for your email. It doesn't need to be an email that works because uh, it does kind of it does verify it. But the good news is it does or does we're it? collecting it does, live email. It does addresses. verify it. Yes, we are. So, so you have to put it in our security do model. We, do we with collect our security do we, model? Do we collect the email addresses? I they go in a they go into the SQL database that this app runs on somewhere. And then and I guess them to the government. I guess, I guess could go I could pull it. them up if I if I. We don't really care what your in. email address is. We're not going to yeah. spam you. No, 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 no. It's purely so for registration. Point your Netgear router at chat. <laughs> All citizens must register. <laughs> now, where do we go to get the epidural? Uh, Biomarking. That is, you have to come by the studio. We're we're still in beta. Are those RFID but only? Or no, they options? get chewed in. We'll be rolling oh. that out worldwide soon. <laughs> Yummy. Very soon. All right. So yeah, we're gonna try out this new chat thing. Just come and chat with us on the new show within a show. And if it sucks, we can go back to IRC. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and probably fire up the IRC <laughs> just to tell people. But to... man, I had to figure out how to get. Let's Encrypt, working with HA Proxy. This is self-hosting. We set this up, by the way. I, I, I took my, my per precious personal time uh, and set this up. This is actually a really cool web app running on a, running on a dedicated server that we've got at uh, the Liquid Hosting um, data center. Uh, and uh, it's it's really neat. Uh, and this is running on a full full web server and everything. So this is this is all ours. It's owned. You don't have to worry about Giving your data to a it's third owned party already? <laughs> Not that kind of owned. Gosh darn it! But yes, pop over, come come chat with us. Register an account, log on to chat.geekradio.com and hang out with us as we do the show. I'm expecting all four of you that are usually in IRC to be over here because very soon. You matter most. That's right, you do. You are the you are the trailblazers, or alternately, you're the people who refuse to let go of IRC. One of the one of the two. But you could be trailblazers. Door number two <laughs> for the win. And it's all web-based. I'm going to try this out, though. I'm yeah, there, there is a client. There's an I'm app. You sure. can download if you want to run it on your phone, uh, whether your phone is an Android or an iOS device. There's no Windows phone app. Um, and then there's a desktop app if you would like to download those. If you just are, like, so excited about the idea that you want to come over and, and run an app, that's fine. But you don't have to. You can just use your web browser. So whoever has access to uh, irc.geekradio.com can change the topic maybe to... Uh, Go over there. As we abandon Flicted and move towards Lee. That's right. Lee is now most favored geek nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Check. 
I actually do. I actually do know how some of this web stuff works. Sometimes. Oh, and by the way, the other new thing. Which this will be week three of the grand <laughs> experiment. We are. <coughs> we are clearing Lee's throat for yeah. future speakage. Sorry. Sorry. So we're, that Lee can talk to you. So yes, we can we're, all we're, talk to we're each gonna other. we're going to open up the phone lines tonight. So if you want to be on the air, seven one three five two six five seven three eight is the number to call. We're looking for calls that are on topics that we discuss or interesting topics that we should discuss. Now, we're willing to answer some tech calls and deal with some problems, but, you know, general PC maintenance and things like that that we've covered ad nauseum for the last 20 years may be less interesting than, you know, I crashed my drone into a helicopter kind of calls. If you did crash your drone into a helicopter, that, that would be kind of interesting. Yes, we that would totally be a call. We could that. spend hours talking about that the whole show. But if you want to be on the air, think about what content you can bring for us tonight and uh, dial in at 713-526-5738. But before we take calls or do anything else, we are going to do the tried and true things that we do all the time. And the first of those tried and true things, oh, I'm stretching. Okay, well, one of the tried and true things that we do here is we lose Pete. <laughs> three, and three, sir. Three. The, all right, so I heard Pete. So that tells me that we could do the tried and true thing number two, which is use Pete to deliver unto you technology news in the form of an info shot from San Antonio. So take it away, info shot. It's the Technology Bytes Info Shot. Technology news and commentary by Peter Hughes. Injected directly into your skull. Now, of course, this is a good time if you want to call and get in the queue, because post-news, we can take take your calls. Um, also, the the one of the things that we're doing that's new is I have a different setup for sound. So if it sounds different, cool. If it sounds different, better, cool. If it doesn't, well, I guess I'll get – you'll let me know so I can make adjustments. Uh, here's, a, here's a Merry Christmas one. Have you been holding on to your um, – Holding on to your uh, uh, Galaxy Note 7, you know, still want to use it and keep going? Well, uh, the days are numbered. Uh, in an effort to safeguard any devices that are still in circulation, Samsung announced it will be pushing out a software update that will prevent charging, effectively bricking the beleaguered handset. In a press release, Samsung said that while it had overwhelming participation in the Note 7 U.S. recall program, some 7% of devices remain in customers' hands. Starting December 19th and continuing over the following 30 days, the company will be working with carriers to ensure any outstanding devices are rendered inoperable and returned. Though it remains to be seen how smoothly the rollout will go. Uh, Verizon, though, has said uh, that it will not be taking part in the update, quote, because of the added risk this could pose to Galaxy Note 7 users who do not have another device to switch to. We do not want to make it impossible to contact family, first responders, or medical professionals in an emergency situation. Uh, however, CNET reports other carriers are being more cooperative with uh, T-Mobile's update landing December 27th. So there's a Merry Christmas for you. AT&T is coming on January 5th, so Happy New Year. And Sprint delivering its update on January 8th. So you may want to you may want to really hit the uh, – if you have a Galaxy Note 7 – you may want to go ahead and get that handled before it becomes a brick on its own. Um, and I don't believe there's any way around it if they, um, you know, if you turn it on and it 
checks in, it will update and you're done. So, so there's that. Uh, another happy, uh, happy holiday news. Um, it, it, this is a, um, a regular reminder, but you know, you need to think about it is, uh, remember that, um, in the holiday season, one of the things that you get in your email is those fake, we couldn't deliver your package emails to lure unsuspecting gift givers to open attachments that contain malware or ransomware. So, uh, you know, IBM security vice president, Caleb Barlow told USA today that these fake package emails spiked between Thanksgiving and shortly after Christmas and, you know, have the kind of subject lines you'd expect, you know, uh, problem with item delivery, please confirm your shipment. We could not deliver your parcel. Uh, and so this has already been, you've probably already seen them, but, uh, um, you want to definitely, uh, um, watch on that. How can you protect yourself? Always verify the email address from the sender and don't just look in a lot of email clients. It has the name that the person sending the email put for it. You know, so John Smith or whatever, if you click on that name, if it doesn't show the actual email address, if you click on the name, usually it will display the email address. And so when the email address comes from, you know, malicious at RU, at RU you know, whatever dot RU, malicious at I'm hacking you dot RU, well, then, you know, if it didn't come from the place that said like UPS, FedEx, and it shouldn't just, it's not just that it has FedEx somewhere in the long name of it it has to be you know fedex at fedex.com it's not going to have it 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 may have fedex dot blah 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 dot fake dot com but you know you you should be able to look at it and and be sure if if you really are concerned and you can't be certain then your best bet is to go log into the actual website type it in yourself in your browser log in and check on your package just in case you got an actual one that had a problem. I think it's unlikely, but just in case that's, that's how you cover yourself. Uh, and now uh, some uh, more nasty hacking stuff. Um, this one, yeah, Netgear, uh, there was a, a mention a little bit ago about, you know, point your Netgear router at, um, at chat.geekradio.com. Um there's a serious uh, vulnerability that's been publicly disposed on on several models of Netgear router uh, that could allow hackers to take them over. An exploit for the vulnerability was published Friday by a researcher who uses the online handle Aceworm. He claims he reported the flaw to Netgear in August but didn't hear back. Uh, apparently what it is is uh, there's improper input sanitization in a form in the router's web-based management interface which allows you to allows the injection and execution of arbitrary shell commands on an affected device. So what it is is somebody who's on the it's, so they have to compromise you while you're connected to that router. Um, but once you're when you're connected to it, if they can uh, um, get at you, then they can they can compromise it. Let's see the uh, Netgear confirmed the vulnerability. Um, the U.S. Cert Coordination Center at Carnegie Mellon rated the flaw as critical, signing to get a score of 9.3 out of 10 in the Common Vulnerability Scoring System. I didn't know there was a scoring system for Common Vulnerabilities. Uh, Netgear confirmed it. It said the R7000, R6400, and R8000 routers might be vulnerable. Uh, another researcher performed a test and reported that other routers from Net Netgear's Nighthawk line are also affected. 
Um, you can, uh, you know, you can read up more on this at uh, geekradio.com. I've posted links to all the articles that we plan to use for the discussion tonight. Of course, we may upgrade, we may uh, add some more stuff as you call in if you have a subject, just if you have a suggestion for try by or fry or stuff like that. Um, then, then those won't show up. But everything we've plan, we're planning to do is is at geekradio.com. Uh, finally, uh, users can check on your neck gear on the neck gear hacking thing. The way to to check it is uh, go to your browser and you know type in http colon slash slash and put in your router's IP address slash cgi bin slash semicolon uname dollar ifs dash a. If this shows any information other than an error or a blank page, the router is likely affected. Um, in some cases, you could also, instead of the IP address of the router, you can put www.routerlogin.net or www.routerlogin.com because network Netgear routers resolve those domain names to their own local IP address. But uh, um, definitely check on that and make sure that you're... Uh, um, you know, one of the ways to check yourself from these kinds of exploits uh, until there's a patch and and that, but just in general is not a bad idea, is change the default the router's default IP address. Uh, most of the time, the routers will assi- be assigned the first address in a predefined block. For example, 192.168.0.1, and those, of course, are the addresses that will attempt to be attacked. And then the other one, um, the other the other one is Yahoo. You know, wanting to stay relevant, apparently uh, they found yet another massive cyber attack um, that 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 was perpetrated on them, saying data from more than one billion user accounts was compromised in August 2013, making it the largest breach data breach in history. Woohoo! Um, Yahoo! Uh, the number of affected accounts was double the number implicated in a 2014 breach that was disclosed in September and blamed on hackers working on behalf of a government. News of that attack, which affected at least 500, only 500 million accounts, half a billion, uh, prompted Verizon Communications to say in October it might withdraw from buying Yahoo. Uh, following the latest disclosure, Verizon said, we can buy all the accounts from the hackers for a whole lot less than we were going to pay Yahoo. No, they didn't say that. Um, Verizon said we will review the impact of this new development before reaching any final conclusions. I think that's corporate speak for we better be getting a real discount if this purchase is going to continue. Uh, and finally, um, the uh, the I think the the. You know, there's always there's the hot gift of the year that everybody you know waits in line and everybody wants it and all that. And then there's, I guess I would call it the, the should have been a big deal gift, but there are a bunch of screw ups. Um, the 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 mini NES classic. Um, the the news story is that I've got is that apparently. Uh, Best Buy is going to be getting some soon, getting some stock on it. Um, the uh, Let's see, Best Buy will have in-store stock on the NES Nintendo Mini NES Classic Edition on December 20th. And if history is any indication, it will also run out of those on December 20th. And this sale is at physical stores only. 
meaning you'll have to wait in the cold rather than hovering over a non-existent add to cart button. Uh, Best Buy representative told Forbes to expect, quote, extremely limited stock. And that that's the thing that's the the story of this. Um, I can't understand if in this, it seems to me that is Nintendo, this, this either is a plan or it's incompetence. And I think the fact that this is not the kind of gift that, you know, the, the people who want this gift are impulse buyers who, who played these games when they were new. Um, not, you know, I, I know that there are not millions of young young people. You know, there's not a bunch of 10-year-olds who just really, really want to play Mario Brothers um, on, on, a, uh, on a mini classic edition, just like Daddy used to or whatever. I don't think there's that huge demand. This isn't Tickle Me Elmo. And so it makes it that much more baffling that Nintendo doesn't bother to create enough, can't build enough of these things to have them sell. I've never seen one. I've never seen a place. I don't even, when I've been in stores and looked, I haven't seen a place on the shelf for these to be. Um, So my guess is they sell so fast that they just, I don't know, pile them on the floor and make the customers wallow for it. Um, this clearly, you know, this is one of those where this isn't building demand. And, and I looked at, I, I was also went and looked at other Nintendo stuff just cause I was curious once I didn't see, uh, many NES classic editions and like the Nintendo, the DS, the handheld stuff, um, seems to be in fairly short supply at most places. Um, so it makes you wonder is, is Nintendo is, are they just that, are they that weak? Is the company that, you know, they can't afford to produce enough products to even sell or what? Anyways, uh, that's that's the mystery. And uh, I don't know how that's going to be solved. Because I, I don't think that a bunch of people, when if this shows up in massive stock in January, I think people, you know, they'll have to wait till people just kind of wander by the store. They're not going to go buy it specifically to grab a mini NES Classic Edition. But uh you can call in and let us know what you think or whatever other subject you want, because that's the news. All right. Well, thanks for the news, and we're glad to have Does it. Sound? Is there, there any it background noise great. or any? I, I was completely yeah. blown away by the lack of anything but news. <laughs> so, so what did you do? Are you broadcasting well, first from off, a I camper van? Every 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 living being that could make sounds. You wrapped them in tinfoil on the other end of the house, <laughs> and then I, I purchased I purchased a a sound a microphone box. It's I don't know about fourteen inches on the side and lined with um, lined with wedge acoustic foam. Yeah, and then the microphone is inside that, so that basically there's the opening faces towards me, and so it should keep extraneous sounds other than right in front of the box from. Uh, um, going to uh, going out to people. Oh, it's pretty cool. We like it. All right. So, so here you say you've constructed an ISO cube around yourself, and you are you are existing in an, in a, uh, an entirely around peat-based the, uh, universe. Only around the microphone. I, okay. He's he's. I didn't have the budget for a booth yet. He's self-basting <laughs> in his own sound. <laughs> All right. Well, the phone number here is seven one three five two six five seven three eight. If you want to be on the air with us tonight, seven one three five two six KPFT. Now, this Netgear exploit is something I think we should probably 
dig into a little bit. There's a little bit of a fix out there for it right now. Okay, what is the, real quick, just so that I make sure I understand, what is the scope? So the, the scope is, it's like, like Pete said, it's mainly the R6000, R7000, R8000, I believe, if there's an R9000 series of routers. And the tricky part is, a lot of them aren't labeled like R7000. It's The R7000 is actually the Nighthawk. So if you bought like one of the fancy doggy Nighthawk routers, watch out dogs, there are Nighthawks in the air. <laughs> if you bought one of the routers you know, with like the, the four antenna or the three antenna on the back by Netgear, Within the last year or so, these aren't like old antiquated routers. No, it's their high end. Yeah, stuff. it's their high end stuff. You probably dropped a couple hundred. Now I bet they're going. I don't know if they're going to go on sale anytime soon. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people are really, really upset with Netgear because the, here's the deal: uh, all you've got to do is send like a URL, you know, in a web browser, however you want to do it, to the router without being logged into the router from the LAN side. So that sounds kind of complicated. Like someone would have to be connected to the Wi-Fi to exploit it. How do you it. send a URL to a router? Like via oh, email? Like, no, 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 no. Uh, like a web page. Like actually, so if you know your router address, like you know, say like you go to like to use Pete's example, 192.168.0.1. Yeah. So if you do that, uh, instead of just you know just peeling peer, peer, excuse me, instead of just pulling that up directly, where it give you a little login and stuff, don't log in. Type in slash cgi dash bin slash, do a semicolon, and then if you put in reboot. That will reboot the router without you being logged into it, and that's oh. just an example. So you, you you access via HTTP or uh -huh. HTTPS. Yeah. You add an extra string to the URL of you, the router. Give it address. a path. This it's so stupidly simple to exploit this. It, it's it's silly. There's a we posted in uh, and help me in what's the matter you matter most. Matter most. In matter most, in, I, in I the posted geek chat. in the geek chat. chat. Yeah, in the geek chat. I posted the actual like what's known as kind of like a, a CSV or like a, an exploit kind of vulnerability. You know, anyway, that's the, where they they give usually a proof of concept. This is a one line proof of concept. It's literally you open up a web browser. You put that in, and then you can, you know, for instance, there's a command to open up, you know, port, you know, 45, open up Telnet, where the, whoever opens that up, they can now Telnet into your router and be able to get in and start changing things. So the well, thing is... Well, how do you get oh, the external interface? So, so here's here's the thing. So I guess Nick here thought, or someone thought... Is this diagnostic? Is this like... Well, no, I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking. It's, it's either, it's one of three things. It's either <clears throat> a blind, total stupidity... You know, like, because this Always is really Always a possibility. Big. Always a possibility. Two, maybe it's, you know, they were trying to, you know, like when you pop in a CD or you download the program that goes to find the router no matter where it is, you know, even if you're on the wrong subnet and wrong everything else, maybe it was like some kind of, you know, home configuration tool to let people set up the router very easily so it would just accept arbitrary commands. So you could always take, you know, control of it from a single program, maybe. But even then, you know, at least... Do like a key or something, like do some kind of a hash or assault, even if it's on the CD and people can find it, but make it a little bit hard. And the third thing, people are saying like, it's a it's a government backdoor. It's especially, you know, they knew it was there. It's a backdoor. But that backdoor, it's, it's not even like a missing door. It's like they forgot to build the back part of the house. It's bad. Um, so, yeah, so the deal is I, you can access it just by putting in your router IP address on the LAN, slash CGI or bin CGI, and then giving a command. So... The question is, well, how would you exploit it if you're outside the LAN, right? Right. That's so this is really easy. You just do – all you need is a web page. The easiest way to do it – So basically, if somebody – you put this on a web page – Put it on a web page, and you do it in an image tag. You do IMG, SRC, and then in that, instead of doing an actual image, you just give it, you know, that 192.168.0.1 slash, you know, CGI bin slash, you know, open up Telnet port 40 on 45 or on whatever you want to open it on. 
you know. So I don't even have to click on the image. It's just be no, an image. No, just by the virtue of it trying to load that image because your browser goes, oh, it's an image. I'll go get the image. It'll get it. And normally it wouldn't go anywhere because it's a classy, unroutable IP address. But because, you know, you're now behind the land, it goes on what I've seen. They're like, you know, like Pete, Pete did give some great advice. Like, you know, don't use what people would expect that IP address to be the default one. You know, change it. Uh, but the ones, the, the stuff I've seen out there already in the wild, they've done every single class C IP address and it goes through. Or it's got a PHP script that tries everything and runs through it till it gets it. You should use an IP that nobody expects, like 192.168.2.1. One dot two fifty six dot one. Well, there's most people leave it up there. Some people go and and yeah, they use they'll use tens. They'll use ten dot ten dot ten dot. Breaks a lot of 10. corporate ten dot ten dot ten corporate uh, VPN stuff. If yeah. You, uh, too bad for them. I yeah. use I use tens. I use tens a lot. I'll use tens. Yeah, but now, the really cool kids are the ones using the one seven two. What is it? Yeah, one seven two dot nineteen or something like uh, that. One seven two. There's one. I use one seven. Well, I shouldn't talk. One seventy two dot forty two because I like the forty two dot whatever. Why yeah, there's a range. Forty two. It's sixteen through thirty one. Is it? Hold on. Let me All see. Right, so I don't know what the I don't know what the class B RFC is. It's a slash. It's a slash twelve. I'm the average computer user, and I'm at home, and I've got one of these. Easily exploitable Netgear routers. What do I do? Oh, it is some one seven two dot sixteen dot forty two dot one. Forty two is my throw. There's, no, there's no patch. Sixteen dot forty two dot one. Throw it into the trash. Is Sorry. There, is there no patch for this? Oh yeah, there is. So that's what I was getting to. So Netgear has they didn't patch it for a while. At first they came out and they said, oh no, it's just this one or two routers. Then people caught on that it's more, and suddenly it's more. So it's been out for a week or two. Um, it made it to uh, like some of the vulnerability exploit you know places a couple weeks ago. But yeah, if you go to now, here's the weird thing: if you log into your router um, and you click the router button that says "Hey, update the firmware," it's not going to show that there's any new firmware up there. You actually have to go to the Netgear site, drill down on your model number, and there will be a beta version of that firmware. You download that to your computer. You then log in your router. You go to the advanced setting. You go to router administration, and then there'll be an upload firmware button. You upload that, uh, and then you let it spin for a couple minutes, and everything should be rosy. Again, it's beta. It's very beta. They just rushed it out there because you know just everyone. The internet was screaming, um, but definitely at least do that. You know, if you can, you know, if you can't do that, unplug it. Uh, and also, like Pete said, there's actually a way that you can send it a command to say, hey, shut down the web interface, do some other stuff, so you kind of hack your own router before anyone else has a chance to. So that's a third option. <laughs> hack the planet, man. The or planet. you can wait when you get one of those, when you get the email with a special link from Netgear that you just have to click on in your email to fix everything. Well, okay. Right back and then to... trust that the hackers will do better. Well, and that's the dangerous thing with this one. So the main, the main reason, the main, I guess the main vector that a lot of people are getting this into is people are visiting legitimate sites and what they're doing, it's, again, it's not like some JavaScript. It's not like this weird stuff that tries to beat its way into your system. It's just a simple, innocuous image tag is they are delivering them through online ads. So they'll go and they'll you know spend like $10,000 through some weird account, get some stuff into, you know, like let's not to pick on Google or anybody, but let's say like Google, you know, their ads words. Don't pick on Google. You'll hurt their yeah. feelings. And then, you know, usually what these, you know, JavaScript ads get scanned for is like malicious JavaScript code and things that do that. A malformed image tag that calls a class C looks like an accident, and they're not going to kick it out of you know kick it out of the, the monetary pool on advertising. So you could go to like a HuffPo, hopefully you don't, or you could go to like a, a major newspaper <coughs> site, you could go to a major shopping site, and if they're buying ads through one of these major ad providers, there's a good chance it could be in there. All right. So the thing I recall about routers or my you know 
it's always seemed to me that you had to manually update or patch them. Are the newer routers no, self-patching? there are some where you can schedule updates, but what I've noticed and is these, that... And somebody else will do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> most of them, when you log in, it'll say like, hey, there's new firmware, click here to do it. But most of even the higher-end home routers that I've seen, you still have to go in. You still have to click. You still have to do something. There are a few that will auto-do it, but you've got to go in and say, like, hey, check for new updates at 3 a.m. every Sunday or something like that. But those are really high-end. So, really, these routers are out there. They're unpatched, <laughs> and they're probably going to stay unpatched. That's the scary thing. Yeah, it's like I was like, oh, all the fun's going to be over. I'm sorry. All the danger's going to be over in a couple days. Oh, but um, danger. Yeah. Well, it's, that's Danger the one thing. Fun. If you actually want to set up like a whole, you know, three-tier threat kind of thing where you've got like a remote server that, you know, you you set your payload on and then you've got like your target and you've got everything else, this is a really fun little exploit you can set up at home without hurting anyone to actually go see this. Like, patch your router now if you want, you know, rainy Friday night. Roll it back to the firm. Roll it back to any firmware beyond this firmware because it's been in existence for a while. And you can, you know, you can own your router all day long. So this is kind of fun. Like I said, it's really, really easy kind to do. Fun. It's stupidly easy to do. If you want to go, you know, enter into the world of hacking, this would be an easy way to do it. Again, just on your own home gear and don't do it to other people's. <laughs> and the sad part is these are these are not. This isn't the like economy line of Netgear <clears throat> routers. This is the nice stuff. Yeah, this isn't so your nineteen dollars. People who spend a little bet, spend a little extra to get the good stuff. And they're the one, and they're they're wide open, vulnerable. It's also yeah, it's not, not, not Netgear's like first foray into you know this market. No, they've been, and that's the thing. Netgear, I know it's you know Linksys and Cisco kind of did their thing together, and maybe it's in their name. Yeah, but Netgear, I've always trusted them. You know, the heavy blue boxes. You know, I've always kind of liked them. I've never had issues. This is, but this is just so huge. It's kind well, of Netgear, you kind of you want to trust Netgear, you want to trust Linksys, D-Link. You got a little wary about. Yeah. I would have thought I would have thought this would be a D-Link exploit rather than mm-hmm. a Netgear exploit. Oh, so. and one thing you can do, since again this this exploit is just in the firmware, it's not like the hardware is bad. You can also go get you know DDWRT, OpenWRT, <coughs> and install some alternate firmware on there. Um, I know Chaos Calmer is what I run at home, and that that's really nice. And it's just an alternate. It's like you know putting a different. Operating system on your Android, right? It's, it's but fairly for the average person, for the average person, if you it. own a Netgear router and you're not sure, if you own, mm-hmm. in fact, if you own any router, you should probably dig out the documentation or go online and find out how to update the firmware. And usually, mm-hmm. it's a matter of pointing a web browser at your router, and you know, like Barrett mentioned, if you want to take an opportunity to exploit it once before you patch it, go ahead, have some fun. But go ahead and log into your router from a computer on your home network and find the menu that allows you to patch it and update the firmware because firmware updates not only for patching security holes that like this massive one from Netgear but also for bug fixes and other performance enhancements uh, for your router it's a good idea to do that and one of the things that's good about a firmware update on your router is not only do you get the most up-to-date firmware with all that goodness but you'll probably end up rebooting your router, which you probably needed to be done <laughs> anyway. So even if you, you know, even if you don't re, re or re, even if you don't install new firmware, rebooting your router is a good thing. So take this opportunity and do both. Well, the nice thing, if you think that you've lost your password to the router, you don't know where it is, you don't know what the IP address is. A lot of the modern routers you've bought within the last three years, a lot of them are just putting it on the bottom. So like, flip it over, you know, tell if it's a boy or girl router, and then while you're down there, get the username. <laughs> 
get the password and get the IP address and you know that's and some that's of the elder routers easy. even have just default passwords like yeah admin admin and admin, admin password admin. password admin one two three four like pretty yeah. much all the major makers I can tell you what the default ones are and a lot of people don't change those if you go, if you've never set a password on your router and you don't know what your router is and it's not on the bottom and you can't tell the gender then go Google search router default admin password router model number into Google and you'll find it if it's old it might be time to update yep. you know. Because chances are, if you've got something that's still using the, the default accounts, you probably are still running like not. You probably don't have WPA2. You probably don't have good security. You're not going to have a very you, well. And, but I, I think one of the other things that I want to cover on this particular topic is that I think because so many people work from home, do conduct you know business you know from their home office, companies are going to have to look at, mm -hmm. and your company had to do this, they have to look at whether or not the user base is using this router to come into their network, because once the router is exploited, then it's conceivable to exploit the network that it's connecting to, even over, would you say even over a VPN? Uh, it makes it easier. I mean, you're definitely in there at that point. The, the scary part at that point is because you can now kind of control <clears throat> A little bit. See, when you control the router, you can control a little bit of what the home user sees. So you could, the same way that you could, you know, you got that that URL back into the LAN, right. you could get stuff into the corporate LAN that same way. You could have that computer that's now connected through the bad router. You can send packets or send requests to that home computer, and then you know, through like a web page, they could go back into the corporate LAN if they've got like access to the internet or access to things like that. So you'd go through them, go through the infected computer, and then, you know, see what's there. And again, just try all the, the standard corporate LAN private addresses, you know, just run through all those until something hits. Yippee. So if you want to talk about router security or any of that, you can call us at 713-526-5738. We're opening up the lines, phone lines these days, so we can take calls from the listeners, uh, tell us about that. But we'll also take other topics uh Interesting topics like, you know, what do you got planned for Christmas and what technology you're interested in. Come and hang out in the chat, too, Come if you're out, just yeah. tuning in, where it's at chat.geekradio.com in your web browser. You can use it on your phone, your iPad, or whatever. It's all web-based. Yeah, if, if you want to call in and brag that you found a, a Nintendo Mini. <laughs> yeah, if you found one, let me is that the hot Mini item? for sale that somewhere. Is, that is the hot item. Yeah, then if, I'm, I'm kind of over I, it, I don't know that it's the hot item. I think it's the totally so undersupplied that even yeah. the just moderate interest i mean it seems to me like an impulse buy and it was like 60 bucks it would have been an impulse buy i think at the price if they were like on an end cap if they were so plentiful yeah. as i was standing in line forever i was like oh i want that but i went online to go see you know maybe just a little bit more on ebay but no it's it's stupidly inflated to where i've lost all interest for, for no reason because by the time it's that inflated then you may as well take the time and get what an Arduino and make your own. You don't even or, need to go find an original you know, inbox, <laughs> original just SNES. A, just run an emulator, run an emulator, and and play them on your computer. Mm -hmm. That's what everybody's been doing for the past twenty yeah. plus years, anyway. Because because you don't, you know, I, I guarantee you, if you go walk through Toys R Us, there's not a bunch of you know seven year olds crying, dragging their parents through, saying that they have to that that's the gift they have to have. You know, this is the gift of like thirty-year-old guys who played these games when they were a kid and would just let, wouldn't wouldn't mind either to be complete to play all these other play the games they never bought or replay you know on their modern system because you don't have to jack around. You know, if you buy an old one, you have to get all the mod all the equipment to you know get it to display on your your newfangled TV right. where the 
the one from Nintendo is just hook up the HDMI and you're done. Um, stuff like that. So it's not, you know, it's one of those where, yeah, I would be interested in getting one, but I'm not going to go wait in line. You know, I'll wait in line to check out, but I'm not going to wait in line to get that product because it's not that kind of, it's not that kind of, um, of item, you know? Right. So I don't know why Nintendo, you know, it's not, this is, this isn't going to build demand. This isn't going to mean that people then are, you know, waiting and in March or April are, you know, camping outside of target so they could get some of the new supply that trickles out. And that, that, you know, at some point you got to, it's either a plan or it's incompetence. And I'm leaning towards incompetence at this stage. Cause how hard, you know, I've, I've, I don't know if you've seen the like breakdowns. It sounds like inside of it is not all that complicated. No, no, it's not. And so we're not talking about, this isn't iPhones. I mean, it's more complicated than the original Nintendo, but it's not that much more complicated. Well, yeah, it's basically sort of system on chip, you know, type rework of, of, uh, of older hardware, which, you know, usually, well, everybody's seen like those, uh, this is kind of the Nintendo equivalent of those Atari where they had, where they built the entire, you know, duplicated the, the games and the software in a copy of the controller. I don't know if anybody you know, a few years has... ago when they had those for 12 bucks, the Atari ones. I don't know if anybody has actually done a reverse engineer on it, but I wouldn't be surprised. Let me see. I would not be surprised if it's running just a simple, like you said, Peter, an SOC with like an emulator on it. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I would bet that it is using <clears throat> the same kind of emulator software that anybody can run and download. Yeah, there's no way they bootstrap the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I think they found a package. It's uh, let's <laughs> see, it uses all winners R16 SOC solution, so that's a, it's it's just a plain Jane SOC. Uh, and software-wise, nobody really is sure yet because no one's really reverse-engineered it. But I mean, it's—I'd be almost certain it's running just a commodity emulator. <clears throat> Same thing that you could run on your own computer right now. Actually, probably you could run it a lot better on your computer because there's graphical improvements and all kinds of stuff. But yeah. All right, seven one three five two six five seven three eight. If you want to be on the air, but I—you know—we calls are. Slow to come in right now in the early part of the show. We saw, saw this last week, too, so that's that's probably okay. But we still have our content to present, and uh, we're going to carry on. We've got about 20 minutes till the top of the hour. We'll take a short break at the top of the hour, and then we'll come back and do more. But for right now, we invite you to call 713-526-573. I know you're probably thinking that's the number they give out when they're trying to raise money. But we're not <laughs> raising money right now. We're just inviting you to be a part of the show if you'd like to. We also invite you to be a part of the show via our new chat system, Chat System 2016. It's new. <laughs> chat 2000s. The chat.geekradio.com. You just go there with a web browser. And if you do sign up for an account on the chat site, we won't we won't exploit your email address or anything. But you do get a confirmation email with uh, that you have to use to activate your account and it sometimes ends up in your spam filter, so be aware of that. It's also Y2K approved. It's definitely Y2K <laughs> approved. Yes, and uh, the Mayan apocalypse proof. 2012. First one, first one. Yes. Chat. Into the second calendar, we don't know. Nope. All right, so let's do a segment, Pete. What do we got next or available to Please. us? We have... Bite. Bite. <laughs> 
Okay, the uh, um, here's one. You know, if you want to go wait in line for something because it'd be a big deal, well, maybe. I think they're only shipping out orders. Uh, the AirPods have quietly been released. Uh, shipping times have slipped to four weeks, though. Uh, one of Apple's key justifications in dropping the headphone jack from the iPhone 7 was that wireless headphones were the future. And so they also, you know, announced their custom wireless chip called the W1 and brand new wireless headphones called AirPods. Uh, they wouldn't be, you know, when they announced it, you know, they wouldn't be available at the exact moment the new iPhones came out, but they would launch by the end of October. Uh, fast forward to the end of October, and Apple delayed the AirPod launch indefinitely, saying only the company, quote, doesn't believe in shipping a product before it's ready, unquote, and that it needed, quote, a little more time before AirPods are ready for our customers, unquote. I've heard some of the rumors are that they had trouble getting, because they're two separate, um, you know, the EarPods are, are separate and individual, so you put them in each ear. A lot of Bluetooth solutions have a wire that, or some connection between the two pieces that go to the ears. And, of course, the, the, the thing I've heard is that Apple was having trouble getting the sound to match up between the two different devices receiving the audio signal. Um, but at least that's one of the, one of the explanations I've heard. Um, so, you know, it sounds like the majority of people are going to get them next year. Um, let's see the wall street journal claimed that the wireless problems were holding the wireless problems were holding up the launch, according to an anonymous person familiar with the matter. They also strongly implied that Apple would completely miss the holiday launch window. Um, at least for the, but which is not true, at least for the first few people who managed to get their orders in. Um, Daring Fireball's John Gruber suggests instead that the delay was caused by problems with manufacturing large quantities of AirPods, which would explain the limited availability at launch. Um, there are some other, you know, there are some other products, but they're generally more money. They're, they're 40 to $150 more. So you may want to, uh, so if, if, if you're, waiting and you've already put in your order you may want to just sort of continue to do that and you know i guess at least uh at least on that one they seem to be like apple's working to solve whatever the issue is um in this one and i don't think this is a great sign for apple um there's been some complaints from people that the macbook pro with the touch bar that the battery life wasn't what they expected that they felt that it was too short and the so Apple's solution to that problem <laughs> was to release the Mac OS Sierra 10.12.2 um, update, uh, which had several key bug fixes and eliminates the time remaining estimate from the battery life. Uh, so they basically they believe Apple believes the battery life indicator in Mac OS Sierra is ultimately inaccurate and has led to confusion about battery performance. So it just took it out. Uh, going forward, the battery icon in the Mac's menu bar will offer a look at remaining battery percentage, but it won't provide estimates on how long the MacBook Pro's battery will last. So uh, apparently, you know, according to uh, this is what Apple said to the Loop. Uh, Apple said the percentage is accurate, but because of the dynamic ways we use the computer, the time remaining indicator couldn't accurately keep up with what users were doing. Everything we do on the MacBook affects battery life in different ways, and not having an accurate indicator is confusing. 
Um, besides the apps we we're working on all the time, there are a lot of things that are happening in the background that users may not be aware of that affect battery life, which I don't know the answer being, um, oh, it's complicated. It's kind of weird that a company of Apple's scale and general sophistication that their solution would be to just, oh, I'll just cut that feature out. Um, so MacBook Pro buyers have complained about getting less than 10 hours of battery life, reporting as little as three hours of battery life in some cases, but battery performance can vary significantly based on you know, what you're doing. Um, customers with poor performance may be using apps that are not optimized for the new MacBook Pro. Uh, and on the 15-inch machine, if an app engages the uh, discrete GPU Battery life takes a significant hit. Uh, for MacBook Pro owners who are seeing bad battery life, it's worth checking the activity monitor to make sure that the the DGPU, the discrete GPU, is not in use. Um, so, you know, according to the Loop, Apple's done extensive battery life testing on the MacBook Pro with Touch Bar and continues to stand by the estimate of up to 10 hours. It seems Apple believes reports of bad battery life are largely based on the faulty indicator. But, of course, there have been some real-world tests that don't rely on the estimate and still are showing poor performance. Apple says the new MacBook Pros can get up to 10 hours of battery life when browsing the web or watching iTunes movies. It just, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think, though, it seems to me it is not a good sign for Apple when the answer to a problem like, hey, the time remaining doesn't seem to be accurate. That the that the solution is well, then we just won't show, show them anymore. If it's too optimistic, um, I, I back in the day, uh, I remember uh, I, I was flying for a for a corporate gig, and a coworker was flying with me, and we were playing a uh, we were playing a network game that didn't require a server; it just required computer to com computer communication. You know, like basically, I guess it, you know. I don't remember if we had a crossover cable or if uh, if we used Wi-Fi on the plane in, in contravention of whatever <clears> their <throat> thing was. But uh, the thing was, I had my Mac. I had this. This is in the in the '90s. Um, but uh, the the um, hmm. the odd part was his machine. The estimate, you know, he had said he had like four hours left, and mine said that it only had like two and a half. And the funny part was that before we landed on the two hour flight, uh, his was already out of juice. So he's, he had the like super optimistic, optimistic reporting and, and mine actually was accurate. But anyways, seems like those days at Apple are not here anymore. And so uh, hopefully this is one of those things that once they resolve it and figure out what's going on, that they will put it back in place so that people can actually, it seems to me that, that, that that is a helpful thing to know kind of how much time you've got left or even if they just put it down where once it estimates that you've got an hour or less that it would show the time it seems to me that 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 is helpful for people especially working on the go uh, and finally on apple news the uh the new solar powered spaceship office is nearly complete so i uh, you know i i my theory is that that once that is complete, then Apple and all the faithful will be able to get on the saucer and it will take off for the stars to a to a completely Apple world, Apple planet somewhere where earpods are in wide are available widely and MacBook Pros have uh, 
10 hours of battery. <laughs> uh, the, it's there. That, it's that big. If, if you haven't heard about it, it's their big circular office building that has a big courtyard in the center. And it supposedly will be the greenest building on the planet, according to Tim Cook. Um, it does. It looks like a cool building, and obviously, when you do it, it's not a sphere. It's not a Dyson sphere, but it is a giant, you know, circular building. And so, it has a ton of square footage inside of it. And I guess part of the deal is that then they can go outside without actually being out where oh, the, the general public can um, see them or you know interact with them or whatever without using drones. And that's that's the apple that's the bite of the apple all right well we had a call in the queue but i guess they gave up after uh not very much time <laughs> they were going to talk to us about raspberry pi your battery might have been running low they might have lost i, I read an article if only there'd been some indicator that told how long they had they would have known if they could keep holding i read an article and i, I can't remember where i saw it but there was there is some surprising number of people that are starting to abandon apple for windows based I uh, saw that, especially yeah. the uh, the Surface Book and yeah. some of the surfaces. Microsoft makes I think Microsoft was pushing that idea. I don't know. I I haven't seen people out in the world that back that up, but I uh, did. I did, but I'm also <laughs> probably not the best example for uh, <laughs> for what to do in the real world. But uh, we just yeah, talked about uh, yeah. Well, your description was what that you thought that you could be that you'd be able to fairly quickly hack it to use a different operating system, right? Well, I, I'm seeing you know I mean at least in my experience you know I mean I like I like my MacBook Air and I enjoy it, but I am starting to succumb to the drumbeat of you know Apple falling short, Apple you know having these issues. It's like a lot of the pristine is wearing off. From the Apple we stuff. outfitted my CEO, who generally goes just based on what looks cool, and he he gets a new laptop you know, more than most everyone else because it's you know it's the CEO. CEO. Um, but yeah, he he switched over to the new uh, MacBook. Uh, this you thing this. that I've got, yeah. No, I said MacBook. MacBook. Said this Mac. is so weird. It looks so silvery, and I'm looking at two MacBooks. Yeah. Uh, surface. MacBook new surface. Over here. But the new Surface Book. Yeah. Surface Book. Everyone's got a book. I don't know. I, I, this Pro. is. I, I gotta say, I, I've owned a lot of laptops in my day, but this is the. Uh, this is this laptop I'm using. This is a MacBook Air from 2011. Is when I bought it. So this is like a six, almost six year old laptop. I bought it early 2011. Um, it's lasted longer and still performs as well. It's lasted longer than any laptop I've ever owned, and it mm -hmm. still works. I mean, it looks great. That's everything the thing, else the, I've the ever owned, yeah. I mean, like every other laptop I've ever owned has. They've all been work laptops, and I know that plays a part in it because you have the you know the work standard load and all the garbage software they put on. But every other laptop I've ever used has just kind of rotted. Yeah, you know? they, and they 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 look dated after mm -hmm. a few years, but the the MacBook Air has <laughs> held. It's it looks good. We got a call in the queue. And you want to take them or you want to hang till after the break? Well, what do you think, Groove House? I mean, we got two minutes. Two minutes. Two okay. and a half minutes or so. We're going to hold them until the break. And if you don't mind, I'm sorry about that, George. But uh, if you'll hang on, we'll take your call after we do the break here uh, at the top of the hour. So we only got about two minutes of show time left before we play the intro, the outro for the break and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, my MacBook Air, it, it still looks good. I still think it looks like, you know, I mean, I've, I deal with in laptops for a living. I mean, I, I supply, you know, we have to issue laptops to our users and, 
and I've seen new, you know, for the last 15 years, I've seen the new Dells, and, and they're, the Dells are getting to be really slick looking. They're Because really they're nice. taking a car, they're taking a play out of the MacBook. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, but they're matte black. Yeah. And well, and that's the thing, too. Fiber. I really, yeah, the last computer that I really, really thought looked bulletproof and felt really good were the old ThinkPads, like the T22s. Mm-hmm. And, and this was, you know, this was back 90s. Like but now they, those seem like brick. Those seem, yeah. They, well, ever since they went to Lenovo, I think they've yeah. kind of had issues. So, Personal opinion, though. But, you know, I, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily dissuaded by the news of the, you know, like the lack of the, the, uh, Electrical, what are oh, they? Yeah. The, All the ports. MagSafe? Oh, the Mag. The MagSafe. That saved me so many times. That has saved me. If you don't know, the MagSafe is a power adapter. You know, the charger for the laptop is held in place magnetically. So if you trip over the cable, it just pulls it free from the laptop. I mean, you have to hit it with some speed to actually be able to even move. Yeah, the usually what will happen is it'll pull. You know, it'll bend whatever plugs into your laptop. <laughs> it'll bend the power cord. You usually will shout a word, start to fall over because you realize you're kicking it halfway. So you stop right. stepping. So you start tripping. You throw your foot back, and it usually something falls on the floor. Well, there's a fifty-fifty. Everything. Breaks. I saw a third-party one, but it's where it has a USB-C plug. Yeah. And then the cable attaches magnetically to the plug, so that's like the it's so, like the so it's the, a mag safe. Dongle. Yeah, Pete might have found yeah. that for us. Pete mentioned that, but yeah. it's right. still one more dongle you got to plug in now. All right, well, there's the music that tells us we're going to take a short break, do our top of the hour station business, but we will be back for another hour of technology bites. So don't go away. Again, this is Technology Bites. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. Afflicted. I'm Barrett. I'm Lee. And he's Groove House. Yay. KPFT, in partnership with many of our restaurant friends, has initiated the KPFT Foodie Card. KPFT members will get this card sent to them with each donation, or you can pick one up at the station. Present the card when you dine out at any of our participating restaurants, such as Pat Greer's Kitchen, Myth Cafe, Berry Hill in the Heights, and more, to receive special discounts. This is 90.1 KPFT Houston. I like to eat. I like to eat, 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 and bananas. 
It's holiday time and you're probably looking for that one-of-a-kind gift for someone special. Let's face it, a scarf in Texas is about as useful as an air conditioner at the North Pole. Don't be the one who sees your present later at your friend's next garage sale. Give the gift of great radio. Pacifica Radio KPFT is not supported by commercials or underwriting. For over 45 years, listener contributions have kept us on the air. Surely you know someone who enjoys KPFT's dynamic programming but has lots of excuses about why they haven't joined. Membership, however, is instant and easy. Just go to kpft.org to sign up for a gift membership. So skip the scratchy scarf and mouse on over to kpft.org for a fabulous gift membership. KPFT Houston. You're listening to 90.1 FM, KPFT Houston. We now return to Technology Bites. All right, we're back. Hello. Lee is showing me a video of a (laughs) parrot that plays dead. I always have to show all the bird gifs I find. I have to show Jay. Gifs. 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 Gifs Gifs with a soft G. Gifs. Gifs. It's a graphic. It's It's not a giraffe. Oh, my gosh. All right, if you're going to use that argument, then I'm going to start saying JFEGS because the P in JPEG stands for photographic. Mm-hmm. Your logic is flawed, and I reject your conclusion. It's J. It's it's JIF. JFEG is fine. All right. Uh-huh. All right. In that case, yes, we can be <laughs> All right. Well, we we're gonna have another an hour to discuss JFEG versus <laughs> GIF or GIF. If only we had some eggnog. Somebody tell me what to believe. I don't know what to believe anymore. Oh, we'll tell all, you. All you the, just wait. All the cool kids are arguing with each other. <laughs> The lack of consensus. I find your lack of consensus disturbing. Yeah. All right, so bitmap. No one needs more than two hundred and fifty-six colors in a single picture. There you go. That's that was well, the whole compression. How do I open a bump file? <laughs> bump you need a bump key. <laughs> hey oh. Hey oh. All right, so we got a call in the queue. Oh, yeah. So we're going to open up the second hour of the show with phone calls from you, the listener. I think those are bumpies. Beeps. I like. Tiff. I pronounce it beep. I like tiffs. Tiff. It's totally unambiguous. Hey, yeah, we're. I think we're having. That's what we're having right now. We're having <laughs> a station of JPEG. Can we get tiff tiff. All right. So if you want to be on the air with us tonight, Groove House is with us, screening calls, getting you ready to be on the air. So if you want to call in at seven one three five two six five seven three eight and be on the air with us tonight, we're taking calls and talking to you, the listener on Technology Bytes seven one three five two six KPFT. Who do we have up? first up first on the show in the second half it's going to be george hey george you're on the air with technology bites yeah hey can you hear me yes we can um thanks for holding i love the show uh real credit to the station well thank you um my question is about smartphone location privacy and let me set the scene for you let's say you've got a smartphone a samsung or a iphone and you put it on uh, airplane mode. It's on airplane mode, no Wi-Fi. And let's say you're, uh, and obviously the location data is operational. Your map is working, right? And is you're it? driving around town. And let's say you go home and you turn cell back on or Wi-Fi back on. Is it caching your location and uploading it? 
I know that some Android uh, Android phones are on the new 7 series. They do that. Uh, they'll cache it a little bit. And it's kind of unnerving because the new Google app will actually, at the end of your day, say, like, hey, did you go here? Hey, did you go there? And you can choose to share now or you can choose share whatever. And I, I just thought it was doing it real time, but actually disabled my data, turned some stuff off for a flight, forgot to turn it back on the next day, didn't turn on until the evening, and it knew where I was most of the day because I did have my GPS on, which is passive. So I know Android will do it, and really I'm not entirely you had sure. It in airplane mode, or you I had did. It on? I had it in airplane mode. I had so yeah. I had data off, and I had it. I had it. Um, I had the actual radio that connects the cell towers off, Wi-Fi off. I okay. do preload maps just to, you know in case I get in a weird spot of whatever. I like to have you know, wherever I'm traveling to the the maps sure. preloaded. Um, and yeah, so I was traveling, and uh, it told me all over Boston and Salem where I'd been. But uh, do you know anything about the iPhone or not? I don't carry an iPhone. No, I'm looking at it right now. I don't. Um, I've got airplane mode on, but it's not pulling up any of my location data or anything. Uh, I'm in Maps. I don't think it's. Even though GPS is is passive, I don't think it's got the little location services bar active. But I don't think it's going to. I don't, I don't think it's going to actually try to pull your uh, to pull your location unless airplane mode is off. Uh, so, as to your question about whether it caches location data, I know there was a thing with iOS, uh, was last year, maybe the year before, it wasn't like recent, recent, um, <clears throat> but there was a thing where somebody had found where you could, where Apple was keeping all of your location data, and you could go and, and like, look and see where your phone had been, but oh, I don't... Right, yeah. I don't know if that was active. I thought that was basic, based on cell tower. It was stuff. both. It was based on cell tower, and it was based on because it uses it uses like mm -hmm. the cell tower hinting to to do the rough part of the GPS, the rough part of the GPS location before it finds in with the the actual GPS signal because right. the cell tower is quick and the GPS signal takes thirty seconds sometimes to lock in. Yeah. But I, I, just, I was just looking at it. I don't. I don't. I can't seem to pull my location in the native maps app with airplane mode on. It, it just won't work. Um, so, so I don't know. So is the question that whether or not it's caching it on the phone and uploading it yeah. once you come out of airplane mode? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, that'd be something law enforcement would be very interested in. Yeah, law, no, not, law enforcement doesn't necessarily need that to keep track yeah, of you. Not to put on our paranoid pants, but they used to. used to say, like, okay, if you completely wanted to make a phone untrackable, you pull the battery. But now that all the right. batteries are actually soldered onto a lot of the chips on the boards inside the case that you absolutely can't get to, the only way to really take your phone offline to make sure it leads no location data is to put it, like, in a the cases that they sell that more or less it's, in effect, like a little Faraday cage. You can get a bag. Right. Or get bags. Bags, bags are actually bags. better because I've invested in some cases, some ice cases, that my larger phone no longer fits into, but, like, two millimeters. Well, so the, the movies. Soft cases are nice. From watching TV and the movies, I understand the only way to do it is to remove the SIM card and break the phone in half and then throw it in a trash can. And it's really hand, easy. Hand, hand your phone to me. <laughs> yeah, hand your phone to me. You can just snap it like a gingerbread cracker. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have an answer for your question, but yeah, well, you've you've given me some good information. I really appreciate it. All right. right. Well, I appreciate your call tonight. Thanks for listening to Technology All right. Bites. All right. That is tough. I mean, we really have you know put the ultimate spying device in our front or back pockets or purses or wherever you happen to carry your phone. You know, it constantly tells you where you are. I was I was really surprised. And now it's Just, listening. Yeah, it's listening yeah, they're now. They're all listening. Yeah, they're with the with the yeah with you know Google Assistant, with Siri, and stuff like that. Uh, if you we're kind of talking about hacking. If you have Wireshark or want to download Wireshark, 
put your phone on the Wi-Fi and just listen to how chatty or listen to what information your phone puts out, it's an amazing amount. Even when your phone is, you know, what you think is powered down, screens off, shouldn't be doing anything, there's a lot of packets just when you say powered down, down, you mean like asleep? Not, not powered down, like asleep, yeah. yeah. When you think yeah. your screen's off, you know, just in standby mode. But when, you know, even if you say like, hey, applications, wait till I power it up, do stuff in the foreground to save battery, it still puts out a lot of information. Yeah. Well, there's also there's conversations about you know I mean all that all that information on your phone and whether or not law enforcement needs a warrant to get your password and mm-hmm. you know you got you've got people getting pulled over or getting you know detained by the police that are being asked to give up their give up their mobile password so that they can log in. And now it's not even so much you know, suspecting them of doing you know foul play or being spies or whatever it's just like hey were you texting when you're on the phone we want to see your last text and stuff like that so they actually kind of have what they consider a legitimate reason to look instead of just saying like hey hand over your password i don't like it hand over your finger but still Hmm. don't text and drive i see a lot more of that lately and that that's very dangerous i get up really early in the morning to go to work and and the sun hasn't come up yet, and I'm driving to work. And the glow of mm. cell phones <laughs> in the driver's seat. Oh, wow, really? It's distressing. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's more and more numbers than it used to be. It seems it's like even bad. the last well, six months it's gotten can, pretty you can, bad. You can look over during the daytime, and you can tell, you know, but you can actually see these telltale glows yeah. in the cabin of uh, most vehicles as they're driving along people. And this early in the morning, these people have either been up all night and are tired, mm. or they are just now waking up these are two conditions where you should not be trying to operate two devices at one time (laughs) one device can kill someone really quickly right well one device while operating the other device can kill Mm -hmm. yes all right so 713-526-5738 713-526-kpft if you want to be on the air with the newly rebooted technology bytes i see we have another call in the queue plenty of open lines if you want to participate what do we have who do we have up next, Groove House? All right, up next, we're going to speak with Jade. Jade. Hi. Hi, you're on the air with Technology Bytes. What can we do Yay. for you? <laughs> um, so the phone that I'm speaking to you on was, well, I wish I'd read the reviews first, because the reviews basically said, it's great until it sucks. <laughs> um, and it's passed that six-month mark, and now it sucks. To me, ultimately, a phone is a camera that I can make calls or texts on. Right. And if I can use it for a little computery stuff and look up, you know, the location of something on a dot and around, that's nice. But seriously, to me, the main point of having this thing is having a good camera on it. And I'm wondering if there are any phones kicking around that have a good camera on them that aren't a freaking $600 iPhone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> any recommendations? What do you have now that you're you're not happy uh, with? It is a LG Optimus. Well, I will say, you know, if you're if you're not against the iPhone, you could go back a couple of generations on the iPhone and still get a good camera mm-hmm. at a good price. I mean, there are there are certain carriers that are offering, I believe, iPhone fives as a free phone if you sign up for if you sign up for a contract. So you're not out of pocket that five or six hundred dollars on the modern up to date phone, and I would yeah. I, I don't know what which what Android's offerings are. The anything. Google Pixel phone. 
But that's also six hundred bucks though. So that's let me ask you this. I know Jay yeah. and Groove House shoot with like high end glass and stuff like that, but can you still get like really small, like little portable cameras that go into a pocket that have good optics that just take solid pictures, or is that a thing of the past? No, you can't. So you can, but I mean, you're 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 talking about. She probably doesn't want to dual. Why do you want to? Why yeah. do you want to double up necessarily? I mean, if you have a if you have a camera and a phone all in one slim form factor that fits in your pocket. No, I'm with you, and I reach for the cam- I reach for the phone more than I reach. I would ever take a camera out of the house. So right. I, I get the value in that. But half me, I wonder, like if I had a phone that I wasn't happy with that did calls and did texts, you know, why not just get a, a separate camera? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. The, uh, on the yeah, Apple and side. It exactly uh, is because, my, you know, the phone is something I have with me all the time. Yeah. And so being able to have what amounts to camera right there handy because I am literally a compulsive photographer. Well, well maybe uh, it's right. worth an investment into a phone that has a good camera. That could be a gateway, yeah. Because I, I know the Google Pixel phone Google Pixel has... Pixel is, is consistently rated as just being massively excellent. I've got Especially in low light. Like, I actually, I even hit, like, a picture of a caterpillar from, you know, a couple of feet away because I didn't know if it was stingy and it might have jumped off the thing at me. And I can see its feet when zooming in. And I am not even trying yeah. to take these pictures. It's trying to steady my hand. And yeah, it's the, on the... And even a photographer friend, uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler, Jane, I know him, yeah. takes pictures, was really impressed with the uh, the quality of the pictures on the Google. You need to pull back from the mic just a little bit. Ah. Your, if your spec is a new phone with a decent camera, the iPhone SE has a 12 megapixel, basically has the same camera as the iPhone 6S, but you can buy a brand new iPhone SE for I think about 350 bucks, 400 bucks. There's still so it's, it's still a bargain, but it's still expensive if you want to get the phone unlocked. But if you're on contract to AT&T or Verizon or somebody, yeah, that might be a that might be a viable option. Assuming that you're okay with iOS, if you want to stay on the Android side, um, that doesn't necessarily help you. Yeah, I'm here nor there on the operating system on it. I mean, I'm familiar with the Android because I've been using it for a while, mm-hmm. but you know, you just Poking the buttons and figure it out. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you're not, IO, if you're not operating system bound, you know, some people do say, "Well, I will never own an Apple device because that's my oh. my philosophy." Yeah. yeah. But if you don't care, if you're if you're operating system agnostic, they're yeah. but they're but I I find that the iPhone I I'm a, I'm a photographer and, and I've got you know way more money invested in camera equipment than I probably should, but (laughs) I will say that the last few generations of the iPhone have been spectacular cameras. And I mean, I've gone, I've traveled, I've gone to New Zealand, I've gone to Iceland, and I've got a whole wealth of photographs that I really enjoy having on my iPhone, you know, that I took in these great locations, great scenery, and the technology is getting better the sad thing with any technology is that there'll be a better camera in the next camera that com- in the next phone that comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's always a, there's always the next newest better thing. Right. And I actually work in kind of like the opposite side of this technolo- technologically. Um, I work for a outdoors outfitter, and there's always a fluffier sleeping bag. There's always a lighter tent. You know, oh, there's yeah. always a more waterproof yep. rain shell. Right. You're going to kill yourself trying to chase, you know, the newest hottest thing if you don't have the money to do it. So, right, but the opposite yeah. end of that, the other side of that is if you're, if you're not necessarily feeling compelled to own the latest, greatest, whatever, then you could go back a couple of generations on the iPhone. Again, going back to the iPhone 5 or the iPhone, even the yeah, iPhone see. 6 
or the iPhone SE? SE is the one you'd want to get today. And, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Tech depreciates yeah. a lot quicker than camping gear too. So I mean, the prices fall off pretty quickly on a lot of the old uh, older tech. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I'm so stoked that you mentioned that because it honestly would not have even occurred to me. You know, I haven't really thought too. So, oh, where do all the old ones go when people have to get the newest, hottest one? Well, a lot of a lot of <laughs> yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of the providers, the uh, carriers are offering sec, you know, sec, two generations back or one generation back devices at deeply discounted prices. So, if you know, they're brand new. They're they're. It's not like you're buying an old one. They've just they're, they produced more than they sold. And these carriers will, sell, you know, give them to you for next to nothing. My wife, who didn't really want a new phone, I got her a, an iPhone 5C uh, well after the 6 had come out. And I got that on contract for, uh, I think we were out $100 on it. So. Nice. And yeah. uh, I, just, I, I got a weigh-in on the whole filing thing. Yeah. Um, so it would be JSEG if the H was in there. But the P by itself doesn't make the first sound, so it is JPEG. And for the motion file, it's only a GIF if it's a moving image of dinosaurs, because then it's a giraffic pet. Oh. <laughs> wow. Jade wins the internet tonight. <laughs> and the radio. Jurassic. All right. That's all, right. all I got. Well, thanks so much. All right. Thanks for your call, Jade. Thanks for tuning in. So she hit you right in the. Hey, I'm prepared to. Fields. I'm prepared to continue to to argue on this. Acronyms don't necessarily work that way. The underlying word has absolutely no influence on the acronym's pronunciation. Because if it did, we would say Scuba and Lazar and NASA and a bunch of other weird acronyms. So, back to you, wrong hard G guys. As the hostilities flare here in the Technology <laughs> Byte Studio. What should we do next? Yeah. Yeah. All right. 713-526-573. If you want to be on the air tonight, but we are taking calls. We're going to go ahead and go to the next segment that Pete will queue up for us now. I think. Maybe. There it is. In the geek world, we hear about new gadgets and gizmos every day. But can they stand a dip in the snark tank? All right, this this first one is, is kind of interesting, and, and maybe it's not useful tonight, but if the weather reports are to be believed, it could be useful by sometime this weekend, I believe. Um, you know, in Houston, obviously people are not worried about being perceived as being wusses, um, so they put on their winter jacket, you know, when the temperature cracks, you know, 55 degrees. Uh, this one, though, I think could work anywhere. Um, it's called the torch coat heater. It's a battery operated heater that fits inside any coat you own, helping to bridge the gap between still pretty cold and perfectly comfortable. Uh, it has four settings, lasts for up to five hours on a single charge, is both thin and durable. So you could take it from your heaviest outdoor coat to a sharp dressy jacket without ruining your look. It's, it, uh, uh, you would get it. Amazon has them apparently, and it's under a hundred bucks. So there is that. Um, if you imagine, it's it's sort of a belt-looking thing that that has three panels on it. That uh, you know, one goes in your back, and then two go on each side of of the front of you. So uh, 
That way you can use technology. See, here, the, here's the secret. If people know you have it, then they're going to figure you're kind of a wuss. Does it have a lapel pin that tells you how much battery life you have left? <laughs> or type, type You just type? start getting cold. It, it depends on what activities. It depends on what activities you're doing, I think. And so they can't really estimate clearly. But <laughs> no, so if people know you have it, then you could be kind of a wuss. But if you bought it, and you wear a like really thin, seems like it's too thin to to keep you warm coat, then you look like a badass, right? Because you nobody knows that you've got a heater going underneath there, and so you could wear you know you like a jeans jacket when it's thirty degrees out and stuff like that. Of course, that doesn't cool. That won't keep your arms warm. It'll just keep your kind of. I'm just you know, waiting for the generation of people that are going to just wear that and nothing else. <laughs> Where it is a really big belt. <laughs> the I don't know. I, I have to say, I have to say, fry on that one. I literally because you get <laughs> so well. I heard that they they kept the price down by getting the batteries from the uh, Galaxy Note Seven. <laughs> that would keep you warm. Synergy. <laughs> right up until, but they, but they won't let you wear it on a plane. I, I guess uh, some people are so cold. I mean, some people really do have problems with the cold where even like a good jacket won't get them warm. But that would be me. Is that you? Hmm. Yep. I mean, I could see something like this maybe to keep you warm until the car heater turns. Normally, on. normally my my core temperature, body temperature extremities is is pretty warm. If it if my extremities ever get cold, you can't get them warm again. Yeah, man, they are. It's gone. Wow. Like it's bad news, and it's a long time. See, I've I've, I've done some cold weather traveling, and you know, this I'll take a vacation now, but I'm not going anywhere. But in Christmas's past, I've gone to places deliberately to get cold, and <laughs> <laughs> it it you know I I think I'm going to go someplace where the temperatures are going to dip below freezing or go well below freezing at any given time I'm going to have to have all this warm gear and even when it's snowing outside I can just get by with a jacket you know Sweet. and that, my core temperature just I I I have problems with getting too warm yes I'm hot nature too yeah. my my jacket <clears throat> so a heavy I need the technology for me is a jacket that vents or dressing in layers so I can at least let some heat escape. So the idea of having anything electrical that adds heat is ridiculous. They've had electrical clothing in the motorcycle world for a long time. Oh, for, yeah. because, you know, you're sitting relatively still, even with you know, decent windproof jackets and stuff like that, you're still, you know, 60 miles an hour of wind is going to blow right out of you. But I've even tried that, and it's got to be, I've got to be moving fast, and it's got to be really chilly for me to do that. And I can, you know, even stopping at a stoplight or something, it gets toasty really quickly. So, yeah, unless it was, like, the thinnest of jackets, like dune suit thinness, and you could do other things into the suit, I would also fry. That would probably short the suit, I'm assuming. I'm sure if you're sure what your technology... Do not dune into the suit. Once your, once your clothing becomes technology, that's just one more thing for you to break. Yeah. You, you, your, your electrical jacket, you would, to drop that, you would have to crash your motorcycle. <laughs> I don't oh, want to be attached to the motorcycle. Barrett, why, by, yeah. why are you so sweaty? Only on your left-hand side. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay. Well, so that 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 is uh, one possible way of using technology to make your life better if, if it fits. Uh, here's, here's a free one. Um, if you, you know, you got to have a PlayStation 4. 
Um, but as, as the, the description in this review, as I read it, um, it made me curious about the game because, because of how unclear the review is. Um, this is from Wired. Uh, it's a game called Let It Die, which is a free <clears throat> game for the PlayStation 4. Uh, the first <clears throat> sentence says, Let It Die is absurd to the point of incoherence, brutally violent, and quite possibly very stupid. I think I love it, hmm. says the reviewer. <laughs> Uh, apparently, it is uh, it is from a, it, it's from a company, a developer called Grasshopper Manufacturer, uh, which is led by a person named Goichi Suda Fifty One Suda, a Japanese creator known for the bizarre. Uh, his most famous work, Killer Seven, is a neo noir pastiche with anime flair that revolves around the adventures of a crew of assassins, all of whom are alternate personalities of the same man. So it's not just you know that when so then. You know, yes, it may be violent and and possibly stupid, but it sounds like at least it's interesting and challenging. Uh, Suda didn't direct Let It Die, but he oversaw the product project and left his fingerprints all over it. Uh, in Let It Die, you traverse a tower of urban refuse after the apocalypse, uh, a, a babble tower of broken buildings and deranged murderers. You brawl with them and with monsters, robots, and odd creatures that I'm pretty sure are Christmas ornaments in space suits. So you'll begin and end most bouts naked, fists clenched, covered in blood. It's not played even a bit seriously. Your guide is a grim reaper type named Uncle Death who rides a skateboard and swings his scythe like Johnny Carson ending a monologue. Towers full of subway tunnels and staircases adorned with Christmas lights, a fact that is never commented on by anyone. So it's got that kind of seasonal thing. So if you would like to have a lot of uh, combat and... Uh, um, and a kind of Christmassy theme. Uh, it says one of the things. Uh, it, it says it feels like a game from another era, devoid of the polish that most big games get. Polish meaning paying attention to whether the systems in the game are easy to learn and use. Uh, it's clumsy and wild, which does not preclude it from being hypnotic in its sheer unrestrained spectacle. So this one just sounds weird. That he says it's addictive. There's something in there in its madcap core that it's good and possibly great. The reviewer says, I'm just not sure, entirely sure what it is. So, so it's <laughs> PlayStation Brady, only? It's PlayStation, 4, PlayStation 4 only. Um, so if you've got one, you may want to try this. Since it's free, then uh, um, we'd love to hear what other people think about this weird combat game. So worth a try, I guess that. Uh, is, I guess that that's how it sort of fits. PlayStation in Four is the uh, cost of entry to try, buy, or fry this hmm. game. <laughs> <laughs> For free, yeah. Well, there's lots of those. We have a lot of you know apps and stuff that you have to have a six hundred dollar iPhone to really use, or <clears> an Android <throat> device, whatever. So, but yeah, and I'll look for something from the uh, Xbox or. I don't know that anything for the Wii is free, other than uh, the uh, like stuff they give you the like little mini sports thing that you get with every, you know, that comes along with it. Uh, let's see. Are there any other calls or should I move on to another one? 713-526-5738. If you want to be on the air with us as we go through our try, buy, or fry, if you want to uh, give us a call, 713-526-KPFT. If you want to be on the air after this segment, be happy to take your calls and talk tech with you here on Technology Bites. But, yeah, we're going to go keep going, Pete. Okay, well, this one's this one's more of a 
I couldn't figure out where to fit this one in because it doesn't really fit under news. It's not something it's it's not something new. It's something that seems to be changing. And so I decided to stick it and try buy or fry. Um, apparently, the, the, the headline on this article is, is the home office dying? Um, they, they start out with with uh, you know, the article starts with a New York Times 2008 illustration of the paperless home with the home office with a desktop computer with a big monitor and a scanner, external hard drives, all that kind of stuff. And um, apparently, I guess as people as things get smaller and people work on laptops and use the cloud, the the actual like room or specific place in the house that you work, the home office seems to be disappearing and disappearing fairly quickly. Um, so it, it just was, it, it's an interesting, I guess this is in the die or is it, is it something that you I don't see, know, dude, uh, my, my home office, I've, I've got three monitors and honestly I could use a fourth. I, I need applications that aren't mobile. Um, I, I, I do a lot in my home office that really I couldn't do unless I had a real office. I can't just grab though. my phone. If you did not have the job you had, would you still have a rig with three or four monitors and everything you have set up right now? I didn't before I had the job I have. Okay. So you seem like a man that would still be have but a whole at, knock in front well, of him. Well, okay, I didn't at home, but at work before I had this job, <laughs> at my old job, I had three monitors and needed them. So, okay. I mean, yeah, it's it was a different job, but it was, it was a lot of other stuff going on. More monitors are always I do better. think unless Everybody you need the display, the, the big difference between now and 10 years ago is, you know, the laptops have gotten a lot better. Yeah. They're a lot more, you know, affordable. <laughs> Pretty much everyone's, you know, issued one now. And they're when you put them on your lap, they don't weigh eight pounds. They don't burn your legs off. So I think, you know, that's my big and thing. They work. I don't, and the batteries last for more than yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, you don't have to be tethered. Wi-Fi has really come into there to where you don't have to have an Ethernet cable to kind of tether you to one part of the home. So, you know, I, I do a few hours, you know, working remotely, but I will do it from the sofa, lying down, you know, just wherever I happen to be, the laptop's there. Well, and look at how many people, I mean, who essentially can do a large chunk of their work at a Starbucks or at a table in a cafe or on the couch or um, kind of thing. So, you know, I, the, the, uh, you know, the measure, you know, how, well, how would you measure how much this has gone down? Apparently uh, the share of real estate listings on the real estate site Zillow that makes special mention of a home office mm -hmm. decreased by 20% from the previous year across the U S um, you know, the rooms still exist in the house, but the numbers at least signal that real estate agents see them as less of a selling point than they once did. I mean, I, I'm with you, Lee. I, I have an office at my house. That's where I that's the that's the main place I work. Yeah. Um, you know, and so <laughs> it's going to have I, I, I'm going to have a desk in, a, in multiple monitors and um, all that kind of stuff. But it seems like a large number of uh, well, here's one thing. Uh, one survey in California said that only a quarter of buyers born in the 1990s want a formal home office. So I wonder, is part of it the people who grew up with the, you know, who grew up with portable, with iPads and and laptops that that had bat that have battery life that lasts for the whole day, you know, that you measure in the whole in a work day rather than in you know two hours like we used to have. Um, if that's not part of the part of the change. 
Well, it could be. So, yeah. uh, just an interesting ex- thought exercise. I mean, uh, Jay, I'm guessing your your situation is sort of changing, isn't it? Or do you have a dedicated kind of home office part? Because you have an office at work. Well, I have an office. more typical than, say, Lee and I. <laughs> well, I will say that I don't know if this holds true for Lee or not, but I know for me the fact that I have a home office is being able to afford a four-bedroom house and not have kids. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Same here. So it's like, so in, in my house, you know, it's a four bedroom house. It, you could bill it. If you want to sell it to a childless couple, then it has two home offices <laughs> or three, three home offices, actually. So in, in our house right now, we've got the master bedroom. I've got my office. Cynthia's got a sewing room and she's got her office. So she's actually got, wait a minute. She's, she's got, got a two. lot more real estate than you do. I just realized that all of, Je- all of my. You're getting my, robbed, Jay. Well, and all of the Jay and Alia have has been consigned to one room. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able <laughs> to see it's a man cave, not an office. Well, what what I was allowed to keep, obviously. Milton, we're going to have to get to move your desk down on into the basement. Well, yeah. I, do, yeah. I do get most of the garage. Well, that doesn't matter. This is Houston. The garage doesn't matter. Doesn't help. But no, it's a, you know, I like having my space, and 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 I and I'm, I'm certainly I'm fortunate or I'm blessed that you know I'm allowed to go into my man cave, and I'm seldom disturbed. Although giving up one room, like a sewing room or quilting room, to get some of the high quality caliber shirts you get, that's that's yeah. A wash. I mean, I, it's, it, well, the sewing <laughs> room is awesome. Well, the sewing room is less about sewing and more about storing sewing supplies because that's spread out into the house. But you know, <laughs> I like I like having my space, and I and I I don't know why I don't have more of a an impressive rig like Lee has because I I would be like I don't need it for work. But why don't I have four monitors in front of me? I guess maybe... I've fallen off, too, for the same reason. I think everything's right here. We don't... I don't know if we necessarily need it. I go back to, you know, like, I don't play games on my computer. I'd rather play the console in the big room on the big TV sitting on the couch. That, to me, that's... In a way, the living room now has become my office. office. My home office. People that ask, like, where's your man cave? The single people are like, well, my house is the man cave. Or not a man cave, (laughs) or whatever. But, you know, your own personal, what you want to do with your house. Right. Well, you know, I, for for the first 20 years of our relationship, or the first 20 years in this house, we uh, the living room had no media component. It was bookshelves and a place to sit and light, and that was that. And that room was only used for entertaining and and trap traversing through and traversing through. <laughs> it was almost like the room. I remember the living room at my the sitting room at my grandmother's house. It had all the furniture wrapped in plastic oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it was kind of like that i mean the furniture was all pristine and looked it was bent until we started using it so it, 20 years later it became my turn to to put the put the big screen tv in the living room and get the you know and sit on the couches and watch it and do all that and that's resulted in a, a couch replacement only after a few short years uh inch by your couch at gallery furniture no, <laughs> I went to fingers. Oh, all right. Because, because it seems like Unixy. <laughs> it was because it was close. I think it's Unixy. Otherwise, it's just you don't want to go to that that store. Uh, all right, seven one three five two six five seven three. If you want to be on the air, we have about half an hour left of Technology Bites, and we're talking technology on Technology Bites, and we'd like to talk technology with you. We would. Technology Bites. We would like to talk to technology with you, but. One of the things I want to do, too, is I'll take this opportunity since we haven't seen Lee in a while. Oh, boy. What are we doing? <laughs> we're going to 
go to our Westworld recap now that the <laughs> now that the season has come to an end, and we're not going to have any more Westworlds until 2017. 2018. No. Yes. Well, that's what we we heard. It might push into 18. So they are saying for sure it will push into 18. Yeah. It's for sure it's going right. to push into 2018. Lee, you come back and you bring bad news. I know. So I know. So the Hopkins character. Are we are we all caught up? Are we all caught up here? I'm on all caught. I'm all caught up. All so caught I'm up? caught up. I would say listeners, Spoilers step ahead. away from your radio. Spoilers Podcasters, ahead. Is, fast forward. If you're so, not, not caught up in Westworld, and this is not the movie Westworld. We're talking about the <laughs> spoilers from that are absolutely fair game. <laughs> All right, so my one question now, in the 2018 for the next season, Yeah. so my theory on that now is that the Hop- Anthony Hopkins character, mm-hmm. whether or not he's really dead, it depends on whether or not the actor survives to the, oh, second, to yeah. the next season. Well, that's a good point, too. Well, so they asked um, Nolan, uh, one of the showrunners, Nolan and, and Joy, they asked Nolan... Um, this was the Vulture. It was either the Vulture or Variety. It was a big site, uh, and they asked, um, "Is Anthony Hopkins?" And spoilers, big spoilers. If you haven't watched the season finale of Westworld, turn your radio off and run, run from the room now. Or if you don't care, you can keep listening. Um, is Anthony Hopkins dead? That's what they like flat out were like. Did he? Did is, is he actually dead now? Uh, and certainly make it a lot easier. And the, the answer that Nolan gave was absolutely maddening and fit with the theme of the show. He said, um, I want to get this exactly right. He said, um, the, the question was like, was, is Ford dead? Ford being Anthony Hopkins character is Ford dead. And the answer was that was definitely a real Ford that was killed used the indefinite article that was a real ford that got killed and it's and because the article is print it's impossible to say if that was just like a vocal tick or if like when they said it for real oh that was definitely a real ford like if that was like just sort of a casual way of phrasing it or if that was yet another you know weird subtle thing to screw with the audience and they're going to st- i mean my <clears throat> my whole problem here most of the predictions that i had for the show turned out to be wrong the the stuff the the wild theories the internet was going with turned out to be absolutely right the folks predicting you know multiple time frames and and you know this character is that character and all this stuff and we're seeing four different timelines happening all at the same time all that turned out to be right which <clears throat> i think it's a great show but i i'm disappointed and i'm disappointed because the narrative is massively complicated by that um the show doesn't i, I mean this is this is just my opinion and i'm not trying to to poop on the show because it's an excellent show. Everybody should watch Westworld. It's great. Go you out haven't and watch given, it. it hasn't turned you against. It hasn't it. turned me against the show. I'm still completely all in. But it's. It, I can't remember if I used this analogy on the show a couple weeks ago or not. But I know I've used it online before. The show honestly is like going to a beautiful three Michelin star restaurant and sitting down and beginning the most amazing meal of your life, and then. And you're enjoying, you're like, oh my gosh, this meal is great. It doesn't need anything added to it. It's incredible. And then in the middle of the meal, the wall explodes open, and there's David Copperfield and three other magicians, and they start doing the most incredible but incredibly intrusive magic show right in the middle of your dinner. And it's like, well, either of these things would be amazing, but the dinner really didn't need the magic show on top of it, honestly. I mean, it's it's all well-written and well-done, but... 
the show had so many amazing questions that it was asking about the nature of consciousness and how would AI work that this whole extra, you know, it's going to turn into, it feels like it's going to turn into, you know, Battlestar Galactic. We need dinosaurs. Spot the Cylon, right? That's going to happen. At the very end, there was that introduction of that there's, uh, there's probably more than one park. There's samurai world or shogun world or whatever although why they didn't call that east world is totally beyond me because that's like <laughs> yeah. it was uh, no. totally could have just done that North no, world like, as, he, as he said it's complicated yeah it's complicated um i think that um that the show is is unfortunately just went over complicated with all the stuff that it did all the just like it went out of its way to prove how smart it was when we already knew it was really smart so all that being said um the stuff that's going to happen next season um, I think is going to be really interesting. The show creators do have a five-year plan, so actually, so two of those years being when it's not running. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It'll be like the year it ran, and then all of 2017 when it didn't run, and then 2018 when it's back. I will say that I, I will plan. say this: it's like now because of the release date. If that's a mirror of what future release dates, I remember mm-hmm. when I realized that Star Wars was a trilogy, mm-hmm. and. I'm wondering if, you know, okay, well, how old will I be when the... And then I remember when I realized it was nine stories. It's like, am I going to live long Mm -hmm. enough? Yeah. Is George Lucas going to live long enough? And it turns out it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) So now, but now I'm getting on in years. I wonder, will I live long enough to see... You know, will, first of all, will Westworld be, continue to be worthy of watching after this season? I hope so. And then Mm -hmm. if it does, am I going to live long enough to see it? Because I think, Part of me thinks that it's way, you know, like you said, it's complicated, but it's way bigger now than yes. you could have thought. And, it, and which I kind of well, like because I, I, I kind of thought that the idea of restricting it to a single park where you act out Western fantasies mm-hmm. was a little like uh, with the overarching technology that they were doing it with that they would confine it's it there. a little weird a little anachronistic and weird yeah so now the idea that maybe the park is there's parks within parks well or... they said something one of the show creators oh sorry i know you want to talk about oh, no, 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 go. one of the show creators said something very very interesting i think this was this was lisa joy who said this one of the uh, the the co-showrunner with nolan uh said that <clears throat> from a narrative perspective we the audience for all of season one were constrained in what we were allowed to see, almost to the same degree that the hosts in the park were constrained. Right. So we, the audience, we know that it's a park. It's somewhere, probably on Earth. We have no idea what the outside world looks like. We have no idea who these people are that come into the park. Very we're, few of the... We're like North Korea. Yeah. Very few of the characters in the show have last names that we've been told very 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 few of them including william the man in black we don't know what his last name is either we don't know what all of these important people's last names are we have no context outside of the immediate events that we've been shown and in fact they took it a step further because you know we know that the hosts have um their facility for remembering and the way that they remember memories is the they they don't distinguish between what they're remembering and what's really happening it's because of how their robot brains are constructed and the way that the whole first season was set up with this, you know, two or three different time frame narrative mixed together, we, the audience, got to experience the story unfold in the same way that, you know, Maeve saw her, her you know, daughter's flashback all mixed in with real life and Dolores's her time frames were all mixed up. We, the audience, got to experience that in the way that the story was told to us. It was well done. 
Um, but in season two, they, they, the showrunners have said on top of that, with that, that being the way season one was done, season two is going to expand as the hosts are expanding. So we will get to see supposedly how the outside world works a little bit. We'll get to know a little more about the structure of Delos and the parks and what all this is, what all is going on. Well, it's also, you know, with the multiple timeline and and watching how the William character aged into the man in black Mm -hmm. tells you that this has been going on for a long time. 30, 30 Mm -hmm. years, 30 years. He's been coming there for a month or so a year, a month or so at a time. Um, the, the show's website says that the most a, a guest can stay in the park is 28 days. So he's been coming there for 30 years, for probably a month at a time. And, and you know, and he says he's run through every storyline in the park. So he's done all of the Indian stuff and all of the town stuff. And he's done the war thing and shot the people and done all the... He's done everything. He's done everything except this last final thing. And, and the shot that we left him with at the end of the finale... Um, he's, he's not dead, not yet, but when they shot him and, you know, his arm, you know, blew up when the bullet hit him, he had the biggest grin on his face and he had that smile on his face because, you know, he was at that, that cocktail party that Ford was throwing at the end. And, you know, it was like all of his quest to find the maze. It was all for naught because it wasn't for him. And there was no grand truth and the host would always be host. And then like he gets shot. And it's Clementine that the original Clementine that was, you know, up there in the eaves with a sniper rifle. And he's got this big dopey grin on his face, even as he's being shot and pro- possibly about to die. We don't know. I think he's going to live because he's Ed Harris is an amazing actor. I hope they keep him. Um, but yeah, as, as he's like taking a bullet to the arm, he's like, this is happening. They are becoming self-aware. This is awesome. And then like, you know, they cut away <laughs> and Dolores does her thing. But it's yeah, everything is expanding in in season two. Um, God, and one thing as a as a brief aside, I hope they don't expand is the um, production costs on the show, and hopefully they won't have to because they built a ton of sets. But the show ran the show was running. Um, I think HBO spent like a hundred and twenty million dollars on season one. I mean, it was a massive expenditure. It's more than they spent on uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, for the first season of Game of Thrones. So, I mean, it's a huge investment by HBO. But we the talk- numbers are paying off. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that while you're out. We, the cost of those robots have to be really, really high. I mean, it looks <laughs> yeah, super, know. super realistic. They, like, I can't tell the difference between an actor little- and the robots. I don't know if you can. Well, back, also, I'm not watching on high definition. Back when too. they made the movie in the 70s, you could tell, because the robots in oh, the yeah. 70s weren't quite as advanced <laughs> as they are now. I'm, my two theories are, Maven Company become the first original clone troopers in the Galactic Republic. <laughs> <laughs> or I think much more likely everything's happening on a holodeck. Well, what if the original movie is actually a prequel? Ooh. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's Could what be. the park looked like 30 well, years ago. Well, for a ago. long <laughs> time. Well, we know the, the the time frame with William in it was the 30 years ago time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a long time, people were speculating that, I think I've talked about this on air a long time, people were speculating that the events of the movie actually did happen 30 years ago. And that was, like, the big critical failure that happened 30 years ago. And, like... That's when they rebuilt everything. That's when they had to redo everything because everything went, like, totally crazy. And and the Man in Black's character, it was not not Brolin, but the other dude from the first movie. And, like, the way that they, like, kind of made up to him for, like, you had to watch all your people get killed and you had to go through this traumatic experience was, like, they gave him, like, the you get to come to the park for free for life pass. Like, you won the pie-eating contest, so here's, like, the all-you-can-eat pie pass <laughs> yeah, but for the he's, rest of he's your life. Yeah, but actually was the, you know, now that you put the whole William piece component <clears throat> in there, now you know that he's one of the people that 
bought the park. Yes, he is. He is the majority owner. In fact, and where's they, his they brother-in-law? <laughs> I don't know. Still tied on a horse somewhere. Did he get married? Did yeah. he get tapped out at 28 days? What? Well, we know. We know that he got married. We know that that Man of Black got married. He talked about his wife in episode eight. I think episode eight. He talked about his his wife died. Um, and that was one of the signs because he said he had been married for thirty years, and it all it all kind of matched up. But yeah, it's it, it all it all meshed together at the end. Um, I was kind of concerned when William tied his tied his brother Logan up to that horse and whacked the horse Locked and said, "Run off. off, see you later, sucker." That's the thing. A lot of it's supposed to be safe. You know, we've seen that even the rattlesnakes, at least hopefully most of them are robotic and stuff like that. Everything so, in the park's a robot except the flies. But you said. can still you can still take a fall. You can still. I'm assuming that the horse could still buck you off unless you know there's yeah because there wasn't much holding him to that horse. No, really. And so, I could, I mean, if you and I are in the park together and you I make could, me angry, I could stab you. Just yeah, out my, yeah. Just, you know. Yeah, I mean, he got cut with a knife. I mean, you yeah, could, you yeah, know, more than human, once. So it doesn't seem like it. So I wonder if there, and this gets all Izumavi and stuff, and I wonder if, you know, if you came after me or I came after you or over mm-hmm. the pronunciation of some esoteric something. Right. Would the hosts get involved and say, like, all right, guys, break it up? Supposedly the hosts have what they the show calls a Samaritan reflex. And there's a little uh, bit yeah. about this on the on the show's website. If you go to the show's website, there's like a whole bunch of like interactive quizzes that you can take that kind of give a little extra info. But yeah, the, supposedly like if if we're in the recording well, they've booth here. that, right? Yes. Or one of them, or was it who claimed Elsie Samaritan? Elsie said something Elsie about did it that. In the diagnostic. Yeah. Which she was faking the diagnostic, yeah. I think. Yeah. <clears throat> if, if, you and me, if you and I were in the booth and Jay was a host... And I if. joked about stabbing you. He wouldn't do anything. But if I like pulled out a knife and jumped JPEG. over, right? Jay would <laughs> grab my just like that. He would JPEG my arm to the table. Jay may be a robot. That was wicked fast. <laughs> it was he's good. Wow, he's very good. It is pronounced Jay. that way. Around <laughs> it, is, it is. <laughs> yeah. So it, I, it's like um, mumbly peg, but the opposite. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I wanted to have a, a Westworld rant and discussion uh, after. God, yeah, I could. I need to. I need to write something. Now, now, I, I 2018 mean, is no good. No, that's not good. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I I am now willing though to immediately go back and watch it again from beginning to end and see if I can pick knowing up knowing what we knowing know. what I know now. I I do like that. Uh, and and mad props to them for doing it this way. The show is constructed in such a way with the twist at the end that it really does reward at least one full rewatch. Like it's you'll get you'll get something else out of it now. And I like I do like stories that are that are that complicated. I've got novelists that I read Gene Wolfe in particular that build stories like that where you read it and you get to the end and you're like wait a minute and then you reread it and you're like oh I get it now now that now that everything's kind of been spoiled with the end of episode 10 going back and rewatching the series maybe over the course of a couple of days um would be really really rewarding because now you can see you can kind of yeah. try you can see where the seams are between each time frame and where they mesh together and where they don't and you realize that most of what we were seeing was either 30 years ago or and there were some weird camera shots that don't quite add up and a lot of like those weird things that don't add up is like the the finger quote current day stuff where dolores is redo is redoing her journey she took but she's doing it by herself. And there's one. There's now before we leave this. There is a. <laughs> there is a shot in the end of episode. I think it was the end of episode six. It's where they end on the on the train after they go to Pariah and they're riding the train out of town, and it's Dolores on the train along with William and and other dude. The explosives guy, yeah. Yeah, they're on the train and. 
the episode ends with, you know, William and, and El Lazo are like, okay, well, we're going to come up here up to the front of the train car and, and have some whiskey, whatever. And Dolores kind of hangs back and she's having a vision. And the camera does this really funky cut in between shots. It, it has her on the left side of the screen. There's a cut and then she shifts over to the right side of the screen or maybe it's the other way around. Totally breaks the 180 degree rule in a very jarring transition. It looks like a continuity error. And I thought it was first, like, yeah. wow, that's bad editing. Did know. <clears throat> no, because when you look, when the shot shifts, it shifts in such a way that you go from looking to the back of the car to looking at Dolores from the other side, looking toward the front of the car, where home dude just walked to go, get, and the car is empty. There's nobody else in the train car, and like the shot was so jarring that I didn't notice that until like the second time I watched it, and I was like, wait a minute, why is the train car empty? They were just standing there a minute ago. Oh man, this is that multiple timeline thing, isn't it? Oh, but yeah, <laughs> there's there's a ton of those little weird moments that don't quite add up, and on rewatch, they're really going to stick out. Well, even it's almost kind of matrixy. We don't know how many times this thing has rebooted itself, or how many times they've broken out. Like the Maeve character, you know, they say like, hey, you've you've been here before, you've broken out of this before, you know, you've done this That's before. It's the, not yeah, that was time. the that was the reveal yeah. I like. Is it's not the first time you've died. You've breached. Yeah, yeah she's breached. breached. Yeah. She's breached more than once. Yeah. yeah. It's well done. I, I really like the show. Urgh. And yeah, unfortunate. we got to wait. Well, at we least will we have, have to wait that long for the next uh, Harry Potter-ish movie, right? See, we'll have a complete oh, no, series of Game of Thrones done before we get Westworld back. By complete series, you we'll mean, have a two thirds of a. You mean seven episodes? <laughs> well, actually, right? the uh, Game of Thrones, I think, season, is it's final two seasons. They're, they're, it is, but they're going to be they're going to be truncated. They'll each be like seven episodes seven, yeah, instead that's of what ten. I heard. Short, short, because mm. they had too much for one season. They didn't quite have enough for, for two, two full ones, so they're going to do like two mini seasons. Two fourteen. Oh. It's still going to drag it out until 2018, 2019, but you know. 2018, I guess, because they are because they. Well, we still have I. We have Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot. and we have uh, Better Call Saul. <clears throat> oh, that's coming back too, isn't it? Should I have a check? Like Better Call Saul. Vikings, I, I think, has started up again. Saul. Although I've not caught I've, up with I, that. I, I, I'm not caught up on Vikings. History yet. Channel thing, but that's kind of neat. You just have to stay well, alive, Jay. That's the only choice. What's that? Maybe able to complicate up Mr. Robot by pretending that it's the 2017 season of Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> It would be cool and if they made it, and it was. All fits together. Hmm. Which one is Elliot and all that? Elliot is a host. He's been a host the entire time. <laughs> he's, in he's a host he file. In, in the second season, and now he's then he's Westworld. It could work. Oh, that'll be... Well, here's another thing about Westworld that I don't... I mean, I guess they are going into it, but they have the whole park in this, like, hologram in the middle of that one building. Yeah. So... Wonder if it's all. What if it's all virtual reality? Yeah. What's well, a holodeck? Yeah. yeah. Or they could break out, and this could become a Blade Runner type scenario very quickly. Because we don't know how dystopian it is outside. We don't. Harrison Ford still in acting. He's got acting chops. They had the budget for Anthony Hopkins. They're they're doing they're doing a Blade Runner sequel. It's being filmed. Oh, right is now. it? Hold on. Please tell me Harrison Ford is gonna. Harrison have Ford's some kind in of small... it, and um, let's see. I was just really. Um, Who's producing is the question on that? Uh, Sir Sir Ridley. Okay. Is he a sir? Oh, yes. Sir Ridley. Yes, Harrison Ford punched Ryan Gosling in the face and couldn't care less. Blade, go Harrison. Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. <clears throat> Is that the release date? Yes. You're going to have to stay alive now. Yeah. yeah. Gosling. It's Ryan Gosling's in it. Uh, and I'm not going to live that long. It. And yes, apparently Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford are filming a fight scene and Ford clocked him. 
and was like, that's what happens in the biz, son. It's about time now. The sad thing is the original Blade Runner, the timeline unfolds uh, two, three years from now. It folds in 2019. So we're, where am I? Oh, yeah, where are my right. self-aware robots? That's right. Without the great pupils. <laughs> and did he apologize? I'm reading this article about Harrison Ford punching of him in the face. Of course he didn't. In his own special Harrison Ford way, perhaps. He came, quote, he came by afterward with his bottle of scotch, and I thought, oh, he knew this was coming. And he pulled out a glass from his pocket, poured me a glass, and walked away with the rest of the bottle. So I guess he felt like I didn't. Uh, he didn't connect enough to earn a whole bottle. The best way would have been Harrison Ford hits Ryan. Ryan Gosling says, I love you. Harrison Ford says, I know. And just <laughs> scene. All interactions with Harrison Ford must contain this exchange. Awesome. All right. Well, we are winding things down here in the final minutes of the show. We appreciate the calls that did come in. A little disappointed that we didn't have more phone calls, but... Put the word out. We had a great conversation about Westworld at the end. Yeah. Usurped any other segments that <clears throat> We might did. see Eastworld soon. I did not listen to the show. <laughs> Is that you're are you not are you not up? Are you not you caught up? I haven't watched Wilders. any of them. <laughs> oh my god, it. you should watch it. You're like me with Mr. Robot season two now. You would you, you would, you would really enjoy being a part of the conversation. Yeah, I'm sure. And we would I'm enjoy sure you I being would. part of the conversation. I don't I don't have HBO account. Well, mm. you should get one. What you should—it's available to rent. Is you, you know how what to you, get the you sign up if you've never signed up before for HBO Now or whatever they call it. They give you a month for free, so you can sign up, binge the show, and then just cancel. I've I've talked to people that are doing that, <laughs> and you're set. So get on it, Blue Bonnet. Of course, you only get that one month free once. So when you want to do the same thing next year to, to binge Game name, of Thrones, you yeah, you got to get a new Do you, do you subscribe to Comcast? No. No? For okay. cable, no. no. I have I have naked uh, internet. I don't have any televisions. I subscribed to Comcast, but I re- recently renegotiated my bill, and they gave me HBO for free and I was for a month or a couple of months or something. But that means you get HBO Go, which right. is the one for some. There's HBO Now and there's HBO Go. Now is for people who don't subscribe, and Go is for the ones who do. Well, I... I, I was watching I was watching Westworld and DVRing it, but then I thought that my my free bit ran out after the season finale before the season finale. Oh, I said, like, "Oh my god, I didn't get the season finale. What am I going to do? I have to pay for this or something." <laughs> <laughs> Yar. <laughs> As you get close to the edge of the park, everything gets really great. Things get you know, wilder. Do what you got to do. The edge, yeah. man. It is. Uh, now it's a worthwhile show. Go check it out. Anyway, there is the music, and that is telling us it's time to get out of here. We ruin it for Pete. Did Pete, have you been watching Westworld? Hmm. No. Pete is rich, but I'm okay. Okay. I just, okay. <laughs> watching Pete's great show. Great show. We could talk to you about it. All right. Anyway, that's another. That's the end of another episode of Technology Bites. We're so glad that you tuned in and hope you enjoyed what you got to hear. It always sounds sarcastic when you say it, Jay. I don't mean it. <laughs> He's getting his edge back. <laughs> Grumpy Jay. Ah, it's not Grumpy Jay. Shut up. <laughs> I see the vein. <laughs> You're so vain. Probably taking calls on technology bites again. I think again. this radio show's about you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. I mean that sincerely. We're so glad you were I'm here. I'm so sincere right now. So sincere. <laughs> Tune in next week for more technology bites. Has that other show that comes on after us come back, or is it back? Yeah, they're out there. Yeah, okay. they're out there. What are they called? Tell the world. Tell the world. Stick around for Tell the World. Tell the World.
All right, well, we're next out of here. Week, next week will be the song. Yes, next week is our Christmas Extrava Bonanza special, so tune in for that. We're going to get out of here. You've been listening to Technology Bites. I'm Jay Lee. I'm Peter Hughes. I'm Flicted. I'm Barrett. I'm Lee. And he's Warren Beatty. <laughs> Looking for Mr. Goodson. Join KPFT for the second of our new series of Third Thursdays gatherings at the Conservatory Underground Beer Garden Food Hall in downtown Houston, located at 1010 Prairie Street between Maine and Fannin. On Thursday, December 15th from 7 to 10 p.m., we'll be celebrating the holiday season with music provided by KPFT's own DJ Nubu and DJ FX and the Generation Radio Crew. We invite you to come for some fun, food, and company from many KPFT volunteers and some of the best music from KPFT. Admission is free, so be there December 15th at the Conservatory Underground Beer Garden Food Hall. This is your listener-sponsored, commercial-free, community-powered Pacifica Radio, 90.1 KPFT Houston. KPFT by donating your unwanted vehicle. No matter if it's a car, motorcycle, boat, or RV, when you make a donation, your vehicle is resold at an auto auction and the proceeds help to support KPFT programming. To donate your vehicle to KPFT, call 1 855 KPFT Car. That's 1 855 573 8227. And your car doesn't always have to be running either, but it does have to have an engine and be towable and you must be the legal title holder. There's no cost to you, and you help out the station you enjoy with your vehicle donation. Again, to donate your vehicle to KPFT, call 1-855-KPFT-CAR. That's 